about that? Is it gossip? No, he doesn't talk trash. Did you say this was a daily podcast? Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is the Daily Popcast for Friday, June 12th. All right, guys, today mm-hmm. we're going to be talking uh, a little Wellness Wednesday <laughs> on all, a Friday. All kinds of wellness. Because tomorrow is Global Wellness Day. Yeah, we had to move some things around this week, guys. Yeah, things are, you know, we got We just got to pivot when we can, right? Pivot. Pivot. So today on the show, we're going to have Belgan Axoy on the show. Now, she is from Turkey, Mm -hmm. and she's the one who created the Global Wellness Day. Which you're participating in. I am. Mm -hmm. They've a lot of different, you know, people coming together to do either concerts or speeches, and I get to explain the seven steps of wellness. Manifestations. Yeah, Yeah, manifestations, which is, it's great. We all need to, it's so simple through Mm -hmm. these seven steps. So, uh it's a it's a worldwide event. Starts in New Zealand, ends in Hawaii all day long. That's the whole, so cool. Whole world comes together, and uh, she's nicknamed Miss Spa because uh, she was won the 2016 Leading Woman in Wellness Award from the Global Wellness Institute. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's the most prestigious award in the wellness spa industry. Oh, I could go to yeah. a spa right now. I know, right? <laughs> 2016, she won the most influential spa leader for American Spa, and then in 2019. Uh, was the first non-French person to receive the Personality of the Year Award by La Fédération des Professionnels de Buente Etre. Um, wow. Okay. I don't even understand that. This that was that great. Way. I love that. It's a French wellness spa award, but <laughs> I made it sound like I was in Spain. Yeah. Remember uh, when you said you wanted to take French? I know. Maybe you should. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe I need to. <laughs> Uh, so she's on the show today. Can't wait to get to know her. And tomorrow it will be a lot of fun. So all you have to do is go to, um, uh, globalwellnessday.org and mm-hmm. you can register and, uh, and hashtag global wellness. Yeah. Day. If, yeah. You hash, if you go to that hashtag, you'll see all the celebration going on. Cool. I love that. And, and then, then on the show today, we're going to have my friend Bernard back on the show, Bernard Parham. Um, who is now basically our, our resident uh, BLM um, catching Guru. us up with the movement every week. Thank God. Yeah. Because we don't want to we don't want to say it and then leave it alone. We want to no, keep no. bringing it up. We got to, yeah, we got to mm-hmm. keep, we got to keep the pressure on. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, every week we're going to have him on and just kind of give us the lowdown on what's going on with uh, the world and the protests and everything going on right now. Sounds like a good show. It's a good Friday show. It is. It is. Uh, this weekend is going to be uh, a little crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, we have the big March this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, this Sunday is, is supposed to be pride. Uh, but all of pride has decided we're not doing pride this year, even though it's our 50th anniversary Yeah, and pride started as a revolt of police brutality by our mainly our, our trans brothers and sisters of color. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're the ones who kind of started this whole pride Mm -hmm. at Stonewall. Um, so it is very fitting that this is happening on pride because that's how pride started. Um, but we are all focused, uh, heavily on just supporting our black brothers and sisters out there. Um, and in the LGBT community, which again, they, they get the worst, mm-hmm. uh, of everything. So the March starts Hollywood and Highland or something like that. And then it ends out for Rocco's, um, and we're gonna have a, a beautiful day of, of marching and hopefully it'll be a nice, beautiful 
Oh, it is going to be a beautiful day. It's the weather's going to be It is going to be beautiful, yeah. but I think it'll be good for people to connect with other people. Yes. Yeah. It will be nice. It'll be a great. All right. Um, shall we call Belgan and get this started? Yeah, let's start. I love the name Belgan. I know. It's so strong. Belgan Axoy. Like, what? That's, yeah. that is, that's what you would write in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give her a call. All right, Peanuts, I just discovered the Daily Popcast's new favorite subscription box. It's called Cause Box. Oh, yes, you've heard yes. about it. I know. Um, but uh, it's a quarterly. Okay, that means four times a year. I had to explain that to Turkey. I think I you explained it to me too, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you totally did. Quarterly subscription box curated by women for women that is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I might have taken some things from the cause box myself because they were that cool. I know I'm a dude, but whatever. You did take some. Mm-hmm. I'm also uh, going to ship a box to my mom because why not? Every cause box is limited edition. It comes with six to eight full size products. That's great because usually all those little box things is always these mini things. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do for one day of lotion? <laughs> no, Thanks. yeah. This... Thanks for my one day of lotion. Yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can get everything from skin care and jewelry to homewares and accessories the last four boxes sold out within days which makes total sense because you get over 250 dollars worth of products for only 50 bucks that's insane yep. i and love we, that we got our own sample boxes and here's just a few of our favorite things that were in it did you get that reference i did okay, i was you. i thought you were gonna start singing so. yeah but then we'd have to pay and it's just like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. just can't afford that on the show no. we're just a small little podcast we're growing though <laughs> we're growing we're growing, guys yeah so we got our own sample boxes and here's just a few of our favorite things okay, thank you for that. that i needed yeah, that sorry we can't pay for that song so we're gonna stop it right there mm-hmm. all right we got a correcting primer that i've been putting on my face uh-huh i've learned what primer is now Congrats. and let me tell you i love it yeah, it makes it all soft and like nice and I like fresh. it, yeah. And some cool earrings that Giggles has definitely called dibs on. The coolest duffel bag that is such a good weekend bag. A jade roller. Learned about the rolling mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And a really cool laptop iPad case. And I won't spoil the whole box for you, but these were just some of my favorite things. And did I mention an insulated wine tumbler? I think Turkey stole that one. He did. He totally did. And how cool is this? Causebox also comes with an exclusive magazine that tells the story and mission behind each product in the boxes. It's so important to know where your money he's actually going totally. to cause box just launched their summer box and i think it might be their best box yet yeah we're on pins and needles and waiting for ours and one of the best parts was just getting my cause box in the mail they ship it right to your door for free and opening it and feeling like i got myself a huge surprise bundle of gifts it's kind of an amazing feeling and their boxes are really cute they're like florally and i don't know i'm yeah. a sucker for packaging yeah, you can reuse them uh, i'd get this for myself and i am totally getting this from my mom my sister my friends it's really the best new subscription box that i've found i love it the best part is that of course i got my listeners an exclusive discount look at you you're so nice i'm such a giver i know crazy Uh, so go to causebox.com slash pop and use the code pop to get your first box for 30 percent off as in you get your first box worth over 250 dollars for less than 39 dollars and free shipping so go check out causebox right now i can tell you firsthand you're gonna love it Belgen, are you there? 
I'm here. Yay, now we can hear you. Woohoo! Good old technology. Hello, friends. <laughs> we're going to figure this out together, Bubbin. We're, we're all, you know, professional engineers now, as you can tell, <laughs> during this whole quarantine. Totally. So, yeah. So, uh, Belgen asked Axoy, okay, founder of Global Wellness Day. First off, can you tell our listeners what exactly Global Wellness Day is? Okay, so we're starting right away. All yes, right. <laughs> so, um, well, Global Wellness Day is a day dedicated to living well, which is celebrated on the second Saturday of June every year. Uh, all the activities of Global Wellness Day are on complementary basis. And uh, it was founded by myself um, in 2012. Uh, back in the day, it was celebrated in only one location in the world. And today... We are in more than 150 countries. Uh, last year, it was celebrated in more than 8,000 different locations. And we were able to reach out to more than 350 million people around the world. Wow. That um, is great. And, you know, it's it, the subject of wellness has just become bigger and bigger in the last oh, few yeah. years. Thank goodness people are you know, talking about mental health, I mean, all kinds of wellness. Mm -hmm. um, it's not taboo anymore to talk about. Um, have you seen a huge change just in the last few years about how people talk about wellness? Oh, totally. Um, I've been advocating since 2012 that wellness is not a luxury, but the inherent right of every individual, because unfortunately there has been this misconception about wellness that it is only for the elite and it's only for the people who can afford it and wellness is only about going to a spa and having a massage or a facial or having a green juice but i actually do believe that it's a lot more than that it's not only about eating healthy or uh, exercising but um Spiritual wellness is uh, the very most important part of it. And that's why the seven step manifesto of Global Wellness Day includes a step called uh, do a good deed because uh, doing a good deed is definitely a positive thing that we can do for others, but it also gives our hearts a satisfaction as well. And with the uh, lately, especially with the pandemic, uh, I think it's um, the the subject wellness is the the top priority uh, in our lives because we all realize that if we don't have our wellness, then we can whatever we we have in our lives loses uh, its its value. We can have uh, the best car, the best house, you know, closet full of clothes. But if we cannot, if we don't have our health and our mental and physical and spiritual health and wellness, then um, we can't do anything with them. So the whole world after, uh, you know, in, in the last hundred years, for the first time, the world has faced the same problem simultaneously. And that actually did um, teach us, a lot, of course, a lot of people suffered and, you know, people died as well, and uh, which is a tragedy, but we have to find a way to learn something out of this and uh, bring, uh, a, a, you know, bring something positive out of this uh, virus and let us teach us what it's trying to teach us. I am, I personally, I am a, a problem solver and I try to learn from tragedies. I am a cancer survivor myself and um, I know what it means to lose your health. 
um, which it, you know, it's not fun <laughs> um, for you know for yourself or for your loved ones to go through a, a disease. Uh, so we must not wait until we get to the point of losing our health and wellness, uh, but instead uh, we should embrace it every day and have gratitude for it every day and um, every night before going to sleep. No, you're, you're so that. right. And, you know, you touched on the seven steps. Mm -hmm. um, can you go through these steps with everyone? Uh, you know, you just touched on doing something good, which is something we've been doing sure. on the show for a long time. We always like to end the show with a do good moment that We're you can go game. out there and, <laughs> you know, if it's open the door for something, whatever, the smallest things can help. So what are these other six steps that we need to be focusing on? Yeah, sure. I'll go through them. Uh, well, when we prepared these seven steps, we made sure that it was accessible and reachable for everyone uh, around the world, regardless of their um, gender, age, or um, socioeconomical uh, level. They're very simple steps. They're all the things that we all know, but unfortunately, we don't always um, take action, which are um, walk for an hour, uh, drink more water, don't use plastic bottles, right. eat healthy, uh, like I said, do a good deed, have a family dinner, and sleep at 10. And that doesn't sound it hard is. at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the walk for an hour Probably, for me. <laughs> you know, until now, what I heard from many people is that the hardest one is sleeping at 10, especially the Mediterranean mm. countries. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. they use, they're used to having very late dinners. They go to dinner at 9, right. 10 p.m., which is the worst thing actually you can do for yourself. But um, it's it's not us who's saying it it's science that uh it's a scientific fact mm -hmm. that um between 11 p.m and 3 a.m is the time that we release the growth hormone uh, especially if we're sleeping in a pitch dark uh, room uh, our body is getting ready for the next day and uh, reproducing um, new cells. So for the sleep to do its job, we have to make sure that we're sleeping between 11 uh, p.m. and 3 a.m. I did not know that. That is so, yeah. Yeah, it's so <laughs> interesting because, you know, a lot of us that do have, you know, late night jobs yeah. and everything, and, you know, we get to sleep till 9, 10 in the morning. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if you can sleep in the next morning. It is about that that window of time, 11 to 3 a.m., mm -hmm. that really benefits your body. Exactly. Okay. Nice. So interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, no, exactly. I don't have any trouble going to sleep by 10. I'm in bed by like 8. I am. I I, I have the worst <laughs> sleep. Oh, night. my God. Okay, yeah. that's early. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, you know, you are a cancer survivor. You had thyroid cancer. What, what uh, year was that that uh, you were having to fight that? That was in 2004. Okay. And is that what helped you start your health journey or have you always been aware of your health even before that? You know, I think I was a, a regular person re regarding health. I was not the, the un, you know, an unhealthy person or like my, my lifestyle was not really bad, but I, I wasn't paying specifically attention to what really mattered in life? I think the reason that I got thyroid cancer is because I kept on swallowing my words. I was mm. not expressing myself properly. Uh, I always had the tendency to keep my words for myself. I was worried that I was going to hurt someone if I said something and maybe I wasn't going to make sense. So 
um, from since from childhood, I, I I was not talking enough. I was not expressing myself enough, and I believe that's how I made myself sick. And um, and when I realized this uh, in 2004, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I my son was only 17 months old. So um, I was breastfeeding and my hormones were already upside down. And with the um, with the total thyroidectomy, which is um, when they take all your thyroid away, then you, you know, the, <clears throat> the thyroid, which was called the maestro of the, of the body mm-hmm. is not there anymore. So you can imagine <laughs> I became <laughs> uh, a freak <laughs> for like a month. <laughs> I couldn't recognize myself. Yeah. I was crying for the things I wouldn't cry. I was getting mad for the things I wouldn't get mad because the whole system was upside down. And, um, but then later on with the medication, thank God, everything went back to uh, went back to normal. But that period had taught a lot to me. I was uh, isolated for my right to iodine therapy for nine days in a hospital room Jeez. all by myself. And um, those nine days taught me a lot. And I'm so thankful that it happened to me when I was 29 years old. Uh, I, I realized what's valuable in life and what's not, what's worth crying for and uh, how, how you should express yourself and talk and not to have fear. Uh, I, I, I am so thankful. I have gratitude every single morning when I wake up. I say, you know, universe, thank you for making me sick. Thank you for giving that big slap on my face to make me realize what really matters. And after 2004, I completely changed my lifestyle from, let's say from 2004 till 2012, it has been my journey for reinventing myself, changing my diet, my exercise, my lifestyle, people around me, even getting a divorce and just, you know, just saying, okay, there's me and I have to take care of me first. And, uh, and then in 2012, I started hearing this voice in my ear that was saying, uh, it, was, it was quite scary, actually. It wasn't me talking to myself. It was another woman I was hearing in my ear when I thought Jeez. that I was going crazy. <laughs> it was saying, you know, we made you sick and now you're even healthier than before. So how are you going to thank the universe? Right. What are you going to do for the world? Mm-hmm. And it, it was very frustrating to, to keep on hearing this this voice in my ear and one day I I decided to uh, answer and I said okay let me think and I got in front of the computer and I did a google search I wrote these three words global wellness day because I was sure that there was a day dedicated to wellness in the world if not anywhere else for sure in the United States because there is a day dedicated to many things that matter or even the things that don't matter that much like cupcake day and strawberry day and mushroom day and stuff like that. So I was sure that there was a day dedicated for, to wellness and to my surprise, there wasn't one. And so I decided to create. <laughs> well, I love it. And, you know, we'll be participating in global wellness day uh, tomorrow, June 13th um, and look for the hashtag uh, global wellness day to follow what happens from sunrise to sunset around the globe on June 13th. So what can we expect on Saturday? 
Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And Lens, it's we're we're so grateful that you're going to be a part of it as well. It's such an honor for us. And uh, like you said, we're going to start in New Zealand and finish in Hawaii. It's a never done before um, event, and I'm very excited. We're going to have 63 different performers and speakers from four corners of the world. Wow! There is um, world champion Muay Thai athlete to um, world record holder um, wingsuit base jumper that is going to do a live wingsuit base jump oh to... my gosh <laughs> now you're talking my language i like this great what are you doing it's gonna be really fun uh, susan miller the world known astrologist susan miller is going to be with us live um christina ferrari is going to do a session uh with um food for thought then andrew Seely, the celebrity yogi is going to give a yoga class then Metin Hara, who is um, a Turkish author, he's going to speak about uh, a different world is possible. Saad Ismond, uh, he's going to lead an active meditation class. It's going to be a, an amazing day. It's a full agenda and I am really excited. Uh, we're going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. So um, people still can register on www.globalwellnessday.org for free. Of course, this is a uh, 100% free uh, event. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're counting uh, the hours. And uh, Global Wellness Day ambassadors and key supporters has been working day and night uh, to deliver this agenda to the people around the world. And uh, our slogan is one day can change your whole life. So we hope that we can uh, change more lives and it can be the beginning of their wellness journey for many people around the world on Saturday. That's great. Well, I'm excited to see this, be a part of this. Um, and we have many different ages that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. What health uh, regimen do you wish someone would have told you to implement in your life at an early age? An early age? Mm -hmm. Well, we have a Global Wellness Day Kids program Ooh. that I am working on, uh, which is not on yet. But um, I can tell a little bit about the project because I believe that wellness starts at a very should start at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So in schools around the world, obviously, we all learn about math and history and science and you know, all, all the subjects that obviously we all need. But unfortunately, nobody is teaching us how to breathe how to um, love ourselves and how to eat, which I think these are like the three biggest subjects that we should be learning in kindergarten, starting from age two, three. And if we start learning about these subjects at a, such an early age, I believe that we can solve three big problems of the world, which is obesity, rise in um, crime rates and the rise in depression. Mm -hmm. So uh, imagine starting from tomorrow, for example, if all the kindergartens would be teaching kids that are around 
three or four years old with a five minute wellness circle time. And when I say teaching, of course, when since those are real, these small kids, just playing games with them uh, under these subjects, teaching them how to breathe with just letting them lay down on the floor and putting maybe their teddy bear on their belly and just saying, you know, let's put our teddy bear to sleep. And uh, by that, they will be actually pushing the, the teddy bear up and down. And this way, without even realizing, they will be learning breathing through their um, diaphragm. Yeah. And, um, you know, games like this that... I think the breathing part is very, very important because um, there are so many people in jails and th those people actually are, are, are normal people like us, but they, do, they just don't know how to regulate their, their um, anger. They don't know how to control their anger because, those, because we, we never learn it in schools. Mm -hmm. I, I see, for example, in Turkey, like there's so many fights in traffic and people harm each other and they even kill each other in traffic for the stupidest thing. When actually, if they learned, uh, starting from age two or three, how to control your anger by taking one single breath I think we would make a huge difference in crime rates. Um, and as for depression, unfortunately, we're not learning how to uh, love ourselves. And there are some great uh, games in this program that we're working on um, that would help those kids to love themselves first and then they can love their friends. And this will um, definitely bring the depression rates down because unfortunately we're living in a very unhappy world. There are 800,000 people that kill themselves every year in the world. When I heard this number the first time, I was really shocked. This, is, this number is more than the number of people that die because of terror attacks and because of... Um, uh, how do you call those like um, big fires or floods? Yeah, the natural um, disasters, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the national disasters. Mm -hmm. So uh, this number is is more than the total of those two numbers. Mm -hmm. So this makes me think like if when we go out uh, out, out of the, our houses, like the, what we should have fear more is not to have a disaster like that or a terror attack. It's like, Oh my God! Can can my mind play a game with me, and and would I kill myself? Because yeah. the statistic is 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 showing us that our minds can be more dangerous than all the other dangers out there. Yeah. So um, and it and all these things could be solved with such simple uh, games that these kids can play for five minutes every morning. Yeah, That's I mean, 100%. Because we've seen the schools implementing meditation, mm -hmm. quietness, breathing into their daily routine, yeah. and the test scores go up. Yep. The hatred goes down. I mean, it's it really, exactly. there's not one school that's done this that anything negative has happened. Totally. So I don't understand why all the school systems aren't just implementing this into their their you know, school systems because it, it helps just grades alone, mm -hmm. just making your kids smarter should be a reason to implement all this. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, well, Belligan, thank you so much for being on the show. We are excited for tomorrow. Um, everyone go to globalwellnessday.com to register and also go, Oh, sorry. Org. That's right. Globalwellnessday.org. Mm -hmm. And also go to the hashtag Global Wellness Day. Follow what the whole world is going to be doing tomorrow, starting from New Zealand all the way to Hawaii. Um, I'm excited for this. It's a beautiful thing. The whole yeah. world comes together for a great thing. And we thank you, Belgan, for making this happen. This is very necessary. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lance, for being a part of this. And I am looking very much forward to your session as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and thank you very much for having me in, in your podcast. Anytime. Well, we'd love to welcome you back anytime. Yes, anytime. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Miss Belgan Axoy, everyone. Uh, so well-spoken, so smart. I agree with everything she says. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's great. We yeah. had to take care of ourselves, guys. Mm -hmm. and, and she, her career is all about that. So yep. go check her out and, and really... Uh, be a part of this Global Wellness Day tomorrow. I'm going to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I'm going to yeah, try. Just go on social media. Just yeah. click on that hashtag and just watch all the stuff. You don't have to there do anything. Just, just be a spectator. I'll meditate. Or meditate. Yeah. yeah there you go. Um, all right. Let's take a little break. When we come back, uh, we're going to have Bernard on. Yes, I'm yeah. excited. All right, so our quarantine family here is doing our own little fitness challenge. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's on this app, uh, and it's been a huge help for us. It's called FitBod. Yes. It is great, and it's made everything so much simpler. It's and really it, cool. And it motivates you to actually do it. Mm -hmm. When you have to write things down, you know, and you're like, oh, I did this many, this, and that, and blah, blah, blah. It forces you to really do it mm -hmm. because you you know you're embarrassed when you, you can't put anything and it knows. In like, mm. <laughs> um, so we love that we can tailor the workouts because some of us are a little bit more advanced in different training. Who are you than talking others. about? Uh, turkeys is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's super easy to follow, easy to track workouts, and we're never bored. And we're going to come out of this looking like Rocky thanks to this app. Mm -hmm. I'm swole over here already. Yeah. FitBot combines the knowledge of fitness pros with a powerful machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. No equipment, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. That is my thing. I can't do anything but body weight these days because I just hurt my body. Yeah, there you go. That yeah. works. So FitBot is super easy to use. Trust us, we're using it. And even uh, it has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. So it's kind of perfectly done. That's honestly my favorite part of the app because mm. you can see it and you mm. know that your form is right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, plus you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. Mm -hmm, that's right. Uh, it can be tough on a budget, but FitBot's only $9.99 a month mm -hmm. or $59.99 a year. It's not bad. Yeah. Get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at fitbod.me slash pop. Try FitBod for free for one month and you can sign up today at fitbod.me slash pop. That's one month free when you sign up at fitbod.me slash pop. I love that. As you know, Peanuts, we're all spending a lot more time indoors, but did you know indoor air can be up to five times worse than the outdoor air? Ew, yeah, I don't that's like according that. to the EPA. And that's why Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with 
the air purifier. You've seen this on every single Facebook page you've been to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Molecules everywhere, and they look so cool. I love them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So global air pollution is worsening at an ever-increasing rate. Over 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality below the WHO standards. Ugh, that's bad. I know. And molecule air purifiers destroy the widest range of pollutants compared to traditional air purifiers, including viruses, bacteria, mold, allergens, and chemicals in the air. I like that. Mm -hmm. With so many of us spending more time at home, clean indoor air is more important than ever. Molecules, PECO technology meets the performance requirements and FDA guidance for use in independent testing. And Molecule Air Purifier was shown to reduce concentrations of MS2, a SARS-CoV-2 proxy virus. And isn't it funny? We all know what that is now. Mm -hmm. That's, and who, who would have thought? Six months ago, you, you would have been like, ah, if I said SARS-CoV-2 <laughs> proxy virus, you'd be like, what? But now you're like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, totally. uh, but over 99.9% in just one hour. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. While it's important to maintain other good preventative practices, this is an extra layer of virus protection for your spaces. And until now, air purifiers have attempted to collect pollutants on filters where they can multiply uh, and be released back into the air. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So this technology doesn't just collect pollutants, it destroys them. Wow. Okay. From viruses and odor-causing bacteria to allergens like pollen and dander, molecule air purifiers are scientifically proven to destroy pollutants. They even break down airborne chemicals, or VOCs, which include carcinogens found in indoor air. Molecules claims have been tested and verified by third-party laboratories. And wondering what they look like? Well... Yeah, think of Molecule as the apple of air purifiers. Not only is the technology inside revolutionary, but the units themselves look sleek and modern. Again, you've seen them all over Facebook. They are They're really pretty. cute, yeah. Mm -hmm. Made with premium materials and minimalist sensibilities, it complements any room in your home or office, all while destroying viruses, mold, allergens, and bacteria discreetly and effectively. And now Molecule is offering my lovely listeners 10% off your first purifier. Okay, so you just go to Molecule dot com that's m-o-l-u-k-u-l-e dot com and then at checkout you just put pop in there and then you're gonna get 10 percent off that's, can you spell that one more yeah, time m-o-l-e-k-u-l-e dot com like mo cool but it's malicule because <laughs> it's malicule oh god Welcome back to the show, our friend Bernard Parnum. Welcome, uh, Bernard. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. I mean, I know it was yesterday, but it's still your birthday for... Oh, it's today. Oh, oh. oh no. Oh, yeah, it's today. <laughs> My bad. It's every day, Bernard. See, this is what we have to pretend. Uh, so yeah, uh, you, get, you get a birthday, I would say, at least two weeks, right, to enjoy. Or a month, or depending, a month, you know. Right, right, yeah. Did you do anything special for your birthday? Yes, okay. I um, I watched The Matrix with my good friend Nick. Yeah. Via Netflix, so that we were doing it remotely, okay. and we turned it into a drinking game. Wait, how and do you do a drinking game with with that? Anytime Keanu Reeves stares vacantly into the middle distance, oh, take so a drink. Wasted, yeah. yeah, we yeah. were done. Yeah. We were done within like twenty minutes. <laughs> we got through the credits, and then we were out of whiskey. <laughs> That's funny. That's that sounds like a lovely birthday. Um, so we loved having you on last week, especially uh, with the doctor and uh, and uh, Crystal. Crystal. It, it, it sparked a really great conversation with our listeners out there. And so I want to, 
you know, we don't want to ignore this, you know, talk about it. And then we never, you know, we have to keep it up. Right. So I want to make sure that you come back every week and give us the update on the movement and what is going on and how we can help more um, just so that we don't forget about all this. Right? Absolutely. Um, and I know, you know, this weekend is going to be a big March, you know, it was supposed to be pride weekend, but, uh, everything has changed here in Los Angeles. It's no longer about the pride celebration. It mm-hmm. is about supporting our black brothers and sisters during a moment like this. And we're all coming together. Uh, so there's going to be this incredible March from, I think Hollywood and Highland mm-hmm. and it ends right at Rocco's. Yeah. So we're going to have nice. that. It's, I, I mean, I, I can't wait to be a part of this. Um, but I didn't know as, as you know, a, a, a small business owner right there and in the middle of it, we didn't know what to do at Rocco's, you know, that, that yeah. would make a difference. We knew we didn't want to celebrate the pride as normal. Um, and we needed to show uh, that, you know, we really care. So what we're doing and anyone listening, if you are this type of person, which I have so many friends, my husband, huge anxiety person, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're using the Rocco space since we all have to be spaced out still, they're not opening the bars this weekend. They've, mm-hmm. they've decided not to do that, which is a good thing. So we're still a restaurant, but we're going to give people a safe space to socially distance and still feel like they're in the middle of the protest. Cause we will be, we'll have a front row, uh, you know, view of this incredible March yeah. coming down. So if you, you know, suffer from anxiety or you have a compromised immune system and you're scared of COVID, uh, this is a safe space that we want to provide for you. Of course, there's limited tables. So go ahead and, you know, call ahead of time and try to, you know, reserve that table first. Cause unfortunately we can only let a hundred people in. I love that. So yeah. Uh, and I know you love to stay inside during this whole COVID <laughs> I thing, do. but you're more than welcome to join us at a very spaced out table, Bernard. Okay. I'm I will be there. I will be a part of the March. Right. I'll be with my okay. wife and we will end at Rocco's oh, nice. because we love Rocco's. Great. And we love you. And at Rocco's we're handing out waters and everything. So if you're thirsty, oh, make sure you get some water uh, as you come by. But yeah, it'll it'll be, I think it'll be, a, I don't want to say a nice celebration, but it'll be a beautiful, uh, you know, protest. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and the great thing is we've been getting a lot of uh, crap from the community about having snipers on the roof, oh, right? Yeah. And everyone's well, dying with these snipers on the roof. Um, it, come to find out it wasn't the National Guard. It wasn't sniper. It was the Sheriff's Department, but they used the roof of our building um, during all these, you know, protests or pride or whatever the big event is. And that's how they have a vantage point. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking, you know, and there's nothing we can say to them to say, you know, you can't do this. Um, but we actually got a call, a call from the sheriff's department yesterday and they apologized for what it looked like. And they will never use that roof again. Amazing. Really? Isn't that crazy? Like it was, they were like, oh, we're so sorry that this, you know, looked so bad for you guys. Now we understand. And yes, we won't do that. They don't have an obligation to request permission to no. post up on your roof. Oh, no. Okay. That's, no, no. It's, that's great that they did their, that though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a nice little change. <laughs> you know, right. Change of pace. Yeah. For the better, for the better. Uh, all right, I would Bernard. say for the listeners though, that yeah. pride celebrations and the Black Lives Matter movement are not separate. They are not an either or proposition. Mm -hmm. The first pride march was at Stonewall. That was a movement that was kicked off by trans people of color, Mm -hmm. um, black about police brutality, Mm -hmm. um, black and trans, um, black and brown trans people are a hideously oppressed group within this country. And they suffer disproportionate amounts of death, disease, and other forms of social ill. Mm -hmm. So when we lift up black people and we say that black lives matter, 
that includes LGBTQ black people right. who are sometimes forgotten in the conversation. So Very I think it's true. a great way yeah. to marry yeah. both of those streams and of I met advocacy. With, um, you know, met with the Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, uh, people and they, the theme that they've created for this weekend is uh, all black lives matter. That's great. And, you know, it says it all, right? So that that is the theme of this whole entire weekend and everything is all black lives matter, That's which great. says says it what it is. Because homophobia and transphobia within the black community has to be addressed. Of we course. cannot lift all black people up if we do not include our queer brothers and sisters. hundred percent. gender non-conforming brothers. And we were saying this on a thing on yesterday's show, the gay community is one of the biggest uh, uh, offenders of mm -hmm. segregation, I would think, mm -hmm. you know, the, the gay community is very segregated yeah. and, and it's something that we as a community have to work on because if, if we're all about equality and all that, it's like, I don't think West Hollywood's doing enough to bridge everyone together. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this is going to change a lot of things, you know, just the way we look at everything. Uh, and it's ignorance, yeah. it's complete ignorance. Um, and now, Everyone's seeing their ways and, and hopefully things will be changing. But I wanted to check in with you. Um, it's been a week since we spoke and, you know, temperature is still red hot yes. uh, in the country right now. What is going on that we need to be paying attention to? Um, I don't know if you saw my fight with Voldemort on Twitter. We don't, uh, we don't say we don't her don't say name. Her name. Nope. Um, but I got in and what I want to talk about today is these fallacies that I found because that's what I got roped into with, with this Voldemort girl. Uh, so what, what is going on? What do we have to be paying attention to this week? So there is a conversation now about the way forward. Mm -hmm. I think we have universal buy-in that some form of change to our policing has to take place. But what does that change look like? The trending hashtag is defund the police. Yeah. Which is confusing to a lot of people. People yes. are confused by it. They're scared by it. Mm -hmm. There's also abolish the police, which yeah. is even yeah. more extreme yeah. in the eyes of people who are not yet ready for revolutionary changes to the way mm -hmm. we enforce the law in this country. So it's important to break down what is meant by defund the police. It does not mean to zero out that budgetary line item yeah. that suddenly the police just have no resources to do whatever it is that we want them to do to execute the mission of law enforcement and public safety. What it does mean is, do we reimagine what police officers are asked to do and then reallocate funds to other better equipped agencies or groups to pick up the slack? Mm -hmm. So, for example, it was mentioned by Crystal last week that mm -hmm. if someone is called in on a 5150, which is a, um, a mental health crisis, a police officer arrives on the scene. Well, that's a person with a gun yeah. who is not necessarily trained in mental health issues right. totally. and may not have situation. the skill set to deescalate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what happens is the mentally ill person is shot and killed and the surviving family is just saddled with the guilt of having called the police on their brother, sister, father, mother, right. and played a role in their execution. Mm -hmm. So what if instead of relying upon the police force to do that, we had specialists yeah. in mental health. 100%. And we took some of the budget that the police have for that. Yeah. Those are the little fixes we have to have. Right. It just makes sense to me. It doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't sound hard. Like it doesn't why, sound. Yeah. Why would anyone be against that? Yeah, I don't. Because yes, we have a huge mental health problem in this world. And, um, you know, and yes, the, the cops don't know how they're not trained to deal with this. And speaking of training, I don't think we do enough training with these cops. I think every cop out there should have to go through a two, three, four year 
yep. program, just like college, mm-hmm. um, definitely get paid more after this, you know, but I think it should be way harder to become a cop. Because that would weed out the, yeah. the, pe- the bad people that just want a power trip. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It has been observed that police officers with four-year degrees um, have comparatively very few complaints levied against them, especially for use of force. There is something about made that, making that commitment to education that mm-hmm. does produce a, a higher caliber of police officer. And it's worth thinking about whether or not we want police officers to have licensing because it's a job that entails tremendous stress, that is granted tremendous power, but oversight is is lacking. No, there's no oversight. <laughs> if you're a doctor, you also have you know, the decision-making power over life and death, but that requires how many years of education exactly. and certification and licensure? Well, should police officers be held to a higher standard? Um, but defunding the police is about making sure that we're only using police for roles that only police could do. Even things like domestic disturbances. Is an armed officer the best person to intervene when a husband and wife or when romantic partners are engaged in heated conflict? Would a social worker be better? Right. Um, what about when a child has to be removed from an unsafe home? Mm-hmm. Is the best person to execute that an armed officer? Right. Yeah. And a social worker could easily still be trained as a police. You're a police officer, right? Mm-hmm. You know how to be a police officer, but you're also trained in talking to someone. Right? Correct. And de-escalating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that traffic enforcement is a place where we should probably consider not having armed officers involved, period. Um, If someone's doing 35 and a 15, that's a problem, Mm -hmm. but maybe parking enforcement or someone with that level of of force authorization should be handling it because too many traffic stops turn fatal. It's very true. Um, I found these fallacies that I wanted to go over. Um, And a lot of these, you know, I, I looked at them like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, I've been guilty. Of some of these probably. Uh, but there's six common logical fallacies to avoid when talking about racism and police brutality. Okay. Um, add, right uh, into that, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, one, and this is what, uh, this is what happened with me in Voldemort, uh, yeah. last week, um, ad hominem fallacy. And it's attacking the person making the argument instead of the argument itself. The name comes from Latin for against the man. An example would be stating that someone is uneducated, therefore their opinion is invalid. Calling someone a snowflake instead of engaging in an informed discussion. Right. And I think online culture has made serious debate even more difficult because so much of the dynamic of Twitter and of the YouTube comments section and of Facebook is to just immediately play into the worst stereotypes right. of your perceived opponent. If they're liberal, they're a snowflake. If they're conservative, they're heartless, they're a Nazi. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. got a whole vocabulary, libtard, mm-hmm. cuck, these ridiculous terms that dehumanize right. our, um, our ideological adversaries, but also make it very difficult for us to find common ground and to have meaningful dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, another fallacy is the straw man fallacy. I've I've heard this a few times in the last few weeks. It's arguing against an uh, arguing against an oversimplified or distorted version of your opponent's argument. Mm-hmm. So an example would be distorting the Black Lives Matter movement by saying that its supporters hate all police and white people. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have the red herring fallacy. 
uh, diverting away from the actual argument by bringing up another issue. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So using incidents of black on black crime or civilians killing police as a reason reason to do nothing about racism or police brutality. Yeah. This one is especially pernicious because when we're talking about someone like George Floyd, for instance, people will then divert the conversation to. He was a crook. He had a criminal background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, was his criminal background the cause of the lethal force used against him in that moment? If not, then it's immaterial. It's just a way to diminish his humanity and to excuse the bad behavior of that officer. The punishment did not, you know, fit the accused crime. (laughs) Yeah, no. Or any crime that he had committed previously. Mm -hmm. There's also the issue of people have said things like, well, why does the left want to make a man like George Floyd a martyr, a man who has a violent criminal history? And to me, that is an absurd argument to make because the left didn't make him a martyr. He was martyred when Officer Chauvin killed him. Yeah, white Mm -hmm. supremacists made him a martyr. We didn't get to choose who died that day Mm -hmm. and the rally around them. He was killed ergo we had to come to the defense of his humanity right. exactly. and brianna taylor who was killed within the same window mm-hmm. has an immaculate personal history right. and was a first responder in emt it doesn't matter whether you're the squeakiest clean ned flanders version of a black person or whether you have a troubled history police brutality and police misconduct can take your life irrespective of that exactly mm-hmm. The next fallacy is anecdotal evidence fallacy, using a personal example to determine the entire argument, like saying dismissing police brutality because you personally haven't experienced it, asserting that racism isn't real because you have black friends. Okay. And then you have false dilemma fallacy, uh, turning a complex issue into an argument between two inherently opposed sides, like reducing the issue of police brutality to supporting the police or supporting black people instead of acknowledging that you can constructively do both. Yeah. Correct. There are black police officers who feel torn right now because they want to see reform within their departments, but they also want to show support for their black brothers and sisters, but neither do they want to turn their back on their colleagues who they understand have a difficult job and they feel some level of loyalty to both sides of this argument. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. We can erase them by making it a police versus black people. Right. And then it says here, this is great. These are the fallacies, but remember to listen. Waiting for someone to finish talking or typing is not the same as listening. Figure out what they're actually saying and respond directly to their concerns in a thoughtful manner. And that's what my Facebook has become recently is just a place to talk about issues. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it in a civil way. We have to talk to each other like human freaking beings. So if you're going to come at me with some racist shit or, you know, calling me a, you know, a fourth rate backup dancer to Justin Timberlake, oh uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to immediately delete you because it just, it doesn't help the conversation at all. It just riles people up, right. you know, and then you become a third grade bullier, right? And no one's learning when you're a third grade bullier. Um, no. so on my page, I, you know, I erase anything and ban people that are just, that just go overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far it's been, I mean, I've definitely deleted a lot of people, but <laughs> it's been great. These conversations have been really, really, really great. And I feel that people are really getting educated by just listening to other people talk it out, uh, which is great. And then the other one is remember to be respectful. So, uh, comprehending complex layers of uh, systemic racism and confronting one's own guilt and maintaining a racist status quo takes a lot of emotional energy and courage. If someone is genuinely trying to learn, be willing to give grace and speak respectfully. Yeah. That is something that I think is underrated. Yep. 
especially for those of us who consider ourselves to be woke, mm -hmm. because we've forgotten the work that we did to get to this place. And we are not being patient with people who are in the midst of doing that work. Mm -hmm. When you see a toddler stumbling towards its first steps, you don't laugh or make fun of it because it hasn't yeah. yet mastered a skill that yeah. you've been successfully performing for decades. Uh -huh. It takes time to get there. I like that. I, that's a good way of explaining yeah, it. it is. Well, that is good. Um, all right. Is there anything else that we need to be paying attention to before we let you go? And we're going to, of course, we're going to have you on next week too. So, you know, I'm sure things change hourly oh, yeah. during this movement. So Confederate monuments mm -hmm. are a topic of hot debate right now. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, indeed. Go to my page and you'll see that is the number one thing <laughs> we're talking about. Um, citizens have taken it upon themselves to destroy yeah. certain Confederate statues. Mm -hmm. And there is now a motion before the Senate to rename all military bases, ships, and other assets that currently bear the names of Confederate generals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel it's long overdue. Yeah. The Confederacy was a insurgency against the United States of America. Yeah. They were anti-American. Mm -hmm. We celebrate a flag that is all about anti-America. Yeah. Why can't people see that? It's very strange. And it is unusual for a victorious power to continue to honor and celebrate its adversary. Mm -hmm. It's important to recognize that most of the monuments to the Confederacy were built not in the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, but decades after. 1890 between 1920 is the most fertile period for the construction of Confederate monuments, and that overlaps with Jim Crow. After the end of Reconstruction, there was a resurgence of white supremacy, especially in the South, and all of the horrors against black Americans that ultimately culminate in the civil rights movement occurred during that window. Yeah. And it's during that time that Southern states are erecting Confederate monuments in public squares to remind the insurgent black population yep. this is what we're about. Mm -hmm. We're about the violent repression of black monuments. liberty. Mm -hmm. oh. And when people say to destroy these monuments is to erase our history, well, which history we're we talking about? It's not the history of the Civil War. It's the history of insurgent white supremacy in the post-Reconstruction era. It's the history of Jim Crow terrorism. And for decades, in some cases, more than a century, these public squares have been dominated by this symbolic oppression of black people. Yeah. And it's time and for it's, a reckoning. And it's so hypocritical for these white supremacists to you know, be defending their you know, history, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying it's going to be erased. If there's anyone that's not going to erase that history, it's all of us. Like we're all going to remember this on both sides because you can't forget this. Same thing with the Nazi, you know, symbols and all that type of stuff. Just because they took down all the statues of Hitler and all Nazi, Nazi symbols, we forgot about the Holocaust. Right. I mean, there's definitely people that want us to forget about the Holocaust, but it didn't erase history. We know exactly what went down. We will not forget the Civil War, nor we will forget so slavery because we remove monuments to the men who <laughs> fought to defend slavery. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, before I let you go, I do want to touch on Tulsa because, uh, you know, uh, Trump has a campaign rally um, in Tulsa that he's doing on Juneteenth. <laughs> um, and everyone, well, not everyone, I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> educate people on Black Wall Street and what happened in Greenwood, Oklahoma. Uh, and we've we've told this story on the show before. I feel stupid. I just found but, out about this that today. Was, that was by design. Yeah. They, yes. they wanted people, They that was a race from history so that mm -hmm. it was not an issue. And not yeah. until the late 90s did the government even admit it happened. That was disgusting. 1921, That's right? That's disgusting. So the fact that 
this administration can, you know, say, okay, our first rally is going to be Tulsa on Juneteenth, right? Uh, it's very obvious what that is. And it's Stephen Miller, right? He's the one that is completely doing all the racist policies. And it is so him. What a guy. And they're like, well, he didn't know. Oh, you blame him for what happened 100 years ago? No, no one's blaming him for what happened 100 years ago. But we're blaming him for inciting this racism mm -hmm. by choosing that date and that venue. Because if they did, you know, oh, we accidentally chose those dates and everything. Oh, well then why haven't you changed it then? Yeah. You know, so you're still standing behind it. So why are you trying to defend yourself? Yeah. You did it on purpose. And we know, we see you. He wants a, he wants a riot. He wants a civil war riot in Tulsa. It only helps his campaign if that happens. He is trying to activate white identity because he cannot run on the merits. Right. He cannot run on his record. No. The economy is bad. Exactly. When you're the in recession. Gone, now he has nothing to stand on except getting his white base to exactly. be racist. Mm -hmm. We have a failed response to a pandemic. Um, he ran on law and order, but we have now seen what the dark side of law and order looks like. It looks like the murder of George Floyd, of Breonna Taylor, of Ahmed Arbery. Mm -hmm. So if you cannot make a case for yourself based on what you have done, then you appeal to the electorate's basis instincts. And that's what we're seeing. It's a page from the authoritarian's textbook. And we are living through a moment of American authoritarianism. It's, it's, it's divide and conquer 101. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Disgusting. You divide us, it's easy to conquer us. That's what he's doing. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on Thank the you. show. Thank you. I appreciate being and, invited. And talking uh, about all of this. Uh, it's, it's something that we're not going to let go of anytime soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I appreciate everyone having a great conversation uh, and using this platform to be able to do that. And like I said, on social media, thank you to the listeners out there that have been uh, commenting and, and joining the debate because that's what's going to, that's what it's going to take to change people's minds is just having a civil debate Yep. so that, you know, I'm learning things. Like there's some things that I'm sure I'm ignorant about. I'm like, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. I'm, I'm, I, I want someone to teach me something, yeah. right? I'm, I crave someone to help me change my mindset on things. I feel like it's questioning a lot of people's morals right mm -hmm. now. Like my, mine, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, and that's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Exactly. It's uncomfortable, but yeah. it's good. Growth is always uncomfortable. Yep. Yep. And we're experiencing growing pains nationally. Mm -hmm. And I hope that on the other side of this uncomfortable moment, there is greater peace, greater prosperity, greater understanding. Yeah. But that only happens if we continue to do the hard work and we don't fall into those fallacies which you enumerated earlier nope. yeah. because those are the the enemy of yep. real growth and of exactly. real understanding. Oh, and if you go to my Facebook, you can see these fallacies too. I put, they're all in beautiful picture form. So you, <laughs> you can, <laughs> it's easy to read. Highlighted. Um, and you know, save them to your phone. It's just nice to kind of read over every once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to be reminded that again. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. You just have to keep repeating it, right? You yeah. have to keep getting reminded of things for change to happen. You can't just say it one time and then just forget about it. But in order to implement a change in your life, you have to repeat it over and over and over again before it becomes natural. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Bernard, for being here. Uh, that is all the show I have for you today. Remember, Global Wellness Day is tomorrow. So go to the hashtag Global Wellness Day or go to... Uh, 
globalwellnessday.org, register. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's a great worldwide celebration of, you know, an awareness of, of wellness. And it starts from New Zealand yep. in the morning all the way to Hawaii. The whole world is coming together and doing really fun things online. You'll, you'll see a lot of, lot of fun speeches and Said entertainment. To see yeah. I get to go over the seven steps. I get to teach people the seven steps of, of wellness. I like that. Yeah, Mind, cool. body, and soul. That's right? right. That's right. All right, Bernard, how can everyone stay in touch with you? Because I think you gave out the wrong Twitter last time. <laughs> I did. My wife uh, informed me that I was You're doing so great media at social media. wrong <laughs> yet again. You can find me um, at Bernard Parham on Twitter. That's B-E-R-N-A-R-D-P-A-R-H-A-M. It will appear as Black Doug Funny, but right. it's at Bernard Parham. Love it. All right. Go follow we'll put them, it guys. in the description. Too. Yes, we will. Thank we will. you. All right. All right, guys. Be good to each other out there. Take care of those animals. Don't drink a drive. And we will see you on Monday for the Daily Popcast. For a reality, reality. Oh, that's right. Roundup. We're doing Reality Roundup on Monday, yeah. which, of course, is basically just us talking about Black Lives Matters. It's like our <laughs> reality yeah. roundup, yes. It's, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about because we're, we're going after Vanderpump Rules. Boom. Ooh. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. The Daily Popcast is executive produced by me and Sim Sarna, written and produced by Jess Keener, and music by Josh Cook and Alicia Eagle. The Daily Popcast is a Cloud 10 production and is powered by Simplecast.